Ephesians chapter 4, uh, when our Lord came from the dead, he, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. These are, these are gifted men to the church. And he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 16, the whole body, speaking of Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now, God has given men as gifts to the church. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In this lesson, we learn that God gives men as gifts to the church, the body of Christ. These men are gifts which help the church to grow up in Christ. They equip the members of the body of Christ to minister both in the church and to those outside the church. Dr. Mitchell points out that not everyone has the same gifting of the Holy Spirit. As he truly says, some churches expect their pastor to have the strength of Samson, the wisdom of Solomon, and the patience of Job. Your pastor has a gift from God to be able to minister to you, so please pray for him as God uses that gift through him. Dr. Mitchell continues to guide us through the gifts of the Spirit here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, looking at both 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Thank you. Again, we continue our studies on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're dealing these days with the gifts of the Spirit. And we were saying in our last lesson that the that we are all members of the body of Christ. That is, all believers, real Christians, are members of the body of Christ. And each one is joined to Christ as his head. We are united to him. And every one of us has different gifts and different offices. That's what you have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And by the way, we're dealing with chapter 12, 13, and 14 of the book of Corinthians in this connection. And there must be someone at the head who will direct us, and the Spirit of God who indwells us is the one who, in this sense, is the chief executive working under the authority of the Spirit of God. We can become God's 
members for the purpose of edification. Every Christian has his job to do under the Spirit, and we are to function. And again, I want to say, in the body of Christ, there is no room for jealousy, no room for competition even, plenty of room for cooperation. You know, it's an amazing thing uh, how, how easy it is for one congregation to be jealous of another congregation, or one pastor jealous of another pastor. And we try to outdo each other. This is not of God. This is of the flesh. And if you try to imitate somebody else, what they're doing doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be blessed because you imitate somebody else. And God has made you and me just the way we are. And sometimes when I look in the looking glass, I'm glad there's nobody else like Mitchell. And maybe you feel the same way when you look in the glass. But however that may be, whether we're the weakest in the body of Christ, if we're just a joint, we must supply something. Everyone hasn't the same gift. We must recognize this. In fact, I would say that in the average, in the average local church, we expect the pastor to have all the gifts the gift of administration, and the gift of wisdom. He's got to be a good preacher. He's got to be a good evangelist. He's got to be a good teacher. He's got to be as strong as Samson, as wise as Solomon, and he's got to have the patience of Job, especially the last one. God hasn't given all his gifts to one man. And I could name off to you men who's in the Christian family, their names are household words. And they have certain gifts and other gifts they do not have. And this is where I think we have failed in the body of Christ not to recognize this, that God has given to different men different gifts. And those gifts are given to us to function for the building up, for the edification of the body of Christ. And the Spirit of God is sovereign in our position in the body of Christ. And the Spirit of God is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. And the purpose of the gifts is for edification. And I want to say that if the exercise of your gift does not edify the church but causes confusion, then it's not of the Holy Spirit. Any gift that causes confusion among God's people is something wrong with it. That's why I always say the basis for our faith is in the Word of God. And God has given to us a complete revelation He's not going to write another Bible. He has given to us in his word his purpose, his plan, right through to the new heavens and the new earth. Now, remember when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and this was one of his early letters. Remember, there was no such thing as the epistles of John and Peter and Revelation and Hebrews, as far as we know. The word of God was not complete. He got the gifts in the church. And the purpose of every gift is for the edification of the other believer. Now, if you have a gift, a spiritual gift, and if, it's to, if you're going to use it, it must be for the edification of the assembly. Now, before I go any further, I think I ought to say this. God also has put into the church gifted men. That is, men who are gifted. For example, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, uh, when our Lord raised from, came from the dead, he, 
He, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. These are, these are gifted men to the church. And he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. What for? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then he goes on down to verse 16, the whole body, speaking of Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now God has given men as gifts to the church. Now, now remember what I'm trying to give to you. The purpose of the gift is edification. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, the book of Romans, chapter 12, we have gifted men given to the church for the purpose of perfecting God's people for the work of ministering. One is a prophet, one is an apostle, another one is a, an evangelist, another one is a pastor, another one is a teacher. They all are different, but they all have one purpose in view, the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Someone has well said that, the, that the, this age started with apostles and prophets, and that the age ends, especially with pastors and teachers to perfect God's people for the work of ministering. Every Christian is a member of the ministry. I know uh, the man of the world says, talking about preachers, they're men of the cloth, or they call them parson, or they call them reverend, something else, uh, to differentiate them from anybody else. May I say, every real Christian is a member of the ministry. I, as a teacher of the Word of God, and preparing others to serve, to minister to others. As Paul could say to Timothy, the things you've learned of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And if you read your epistles, you'll notice the great desire of the Spirit of God through his apostles as they wrote to us was the edification of God's people in a world that's without Christ. And I'm living now in the in 1972. This is where we are, 1972. How much longer the Lord is going to allow nations to go on in their rebellion against him, I don't know. It's not for me to know the times or the seasons. But I do know this, that as long as I'm here on earth and as long as you are here on earth, even though you feel you're not doing very much, never mind, he's left you down here for a purpose. It may be you say, well, I'm bedfast. I can't go out and witness. You can pray. I think one of the most needful things today are praying Christians, interceding Christians. I have in mind a man today who had a very bad angina condition. He told me one day that he spent six to eight hours a day praying for God's people and praying for the unsaved and praying for his neighbors. Just to go into his presence was a benediction. Why did the Lord leave him so long to suffer? God was using him in his suffering. 
Even the very angels of heaven were amazed at this man. They couldn't understand how one who was suffering so much, intense agony, can go on praising the Lord and praying for his neighbors and praying for his friends and praying for the ministry of the word of God. God doesn't ask you, my friend, to be great. He never asks anybody to be great. He asks us to be faithful, just to be faithful. Who wants to be great? The main thing is to be faithful to him. And when he comes to reward his people, he's going to reward faithfulness in the place just where he's put you. He didn't put you over in some other country or some other city. He put you right where you are. The best place for you to serve the Lord faithfully is right where he's put you. The Spirit of God is sovereign, not only in our position in the body of Christ, but he's given us, he's sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. Now, although he has given to the church gifted men, as I say, he is a man who's got the gift of evangelism. I would like to have been an evangelist. Everybody loves an evangelist. But the Lord just deliberately kept me from that. Now, I've done evangelistic work. But I'm not an evangelist in that sense. The Lord's opened the door for me to do an entirely different work. As a Bible teacher, as a pastor for many, many years, and as a Bible teacher, at least I try to do what I can to make the Word of God simple and clear. I trust in the power of the Spirit. Oh, how I yearn for God's people to know Him. And not to be sidetracked by something that seems to be so spectacular, and yet it may not be of God. Now I say there are gifted men that God has given to the church, and then there are individual gifts given to believers, and all are for profit. Now let me read to you the, the book of Romans chapter 14. As we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. What a prophecy! Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or of ministry. Let us wait on our ministering, on he that teacheth on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth, do it with diligence, he that showeth mercy, do it with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, and he goes on down with our ministry, be kind one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another, not slothful, not lazy in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing incident prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which bless you and uh, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not men of high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Do not be wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide all things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably 
with all men. I've read that passage because, well, you notice something. In the Roman passage, chapter 12, gives you a great list of ministering, not only of the gifts of the Spirit, but how we should minister, even right down to your giving or being hospitable or whatever it may be, even to be, even to be fervent in spirit and not to be lazy in your business. This is really genuine Christianity. Now, when you come to Corinthians, this carnal church, he writes to them because they forgot all about the question of, of, uh, of edifying each other. And there was fightings and bickerings among them. And one said, I'm of Paul. Another one, I'm of Paulus. I'm of Cephas. They were occupied with men instead of Christ. Now we come down to the gifts of the Spirit as found in Corinthians. As I said a while ago, he knows exactly where we can best serve him. Now this is not native talent. These are gifts of the Spirit and are given to be used. As I said a while ago, he spoke about gifted men in Ephesians chapter 4 for the increase and the edification of the body. And no gift is ever given for sure. For example, you're a gifted. Mr. Moody was a gifted evangelist. Mr. Finney was a gifted evangelist. Uh, Billy Graham was a gifted evangelist. There are other men who who may preach the gospel, but their gift is an entirely different gift. He has one who's a pastor of a church, and he's not a very good preacher. He's not a very good teacher, but he's got a gift of pastoring God's people. He has the gift of administration, and so on. Uh, another man has the gift of teaching. Another man has the gift of the various gifts, the gift of knowledge, and so on. I'm thinking of these gifts in this chapter here. And as we look at these gifts, we want to mark what they are. You have a gift, and God expects you to use it. For example, the first one, uh, to one is given by the Spirit the gift of wisdom. Now, I take it this is the pastor's gift. He needs wisdom to deal with God's people. And believe me, we need it. How we need wisdom in dealing with the people of God, with all their problems and all their trials, and sometimes their orneriness, my, to be a real shepherd. In fact, I would say this, one of the greatest needs in the Church of Christ in America of some real, real under-shepherds, real pastors, men who have a real heart for God and a real heart for God's people. But I warn you one thing. Your time is not your own. I remember when a young man just starting out in my ministry, I talked with a man who was a very, very wonderful preacher, pastor of a very, very large church. And he said this to me. He said, you know, Jack, he said, the ministry is the greatest place in the world to work and never get through. And it's the greatest place to loaf and get away with it. And I said, I said, Dr. Weir, do you think they get away with it? No, they don't. No, they don't. I know you find people who are lazy in any kind of business, and it's true in the church. But the gift of wisdom, I believe, is the pastor's gift that gift of wisdom where he can manifest discernment, be able to discern the condition, to counsel, to have compassion, to 
to have understanding, to be tender. This all comes under the question of wisdom. The second one is the gift of knowledge. Now, I believe this is the teacher's, the teacher's gift, to have the word of knowledge. You can't teach if you don't know your textbook. If a man's a preacher or a teacher, I should say, then he ought to know his textbook. And the word of God is the textbook. Now, that doesn't mean you sit down, fold your hands, and expect the Spirit of God to pour through you what isn't there. Boy, I learned that lesson. The very first year of my ministry, I drove a 15, 20 mile on a prairie trail out into Saskatchewan to a people who had never had a gospel meeting in 20 years. And it took me nearly two hours to make the 20 miles. And when I got there, the only night I had free was Saturday night. I had meetings every other night of the week, different places. And on Saturday night, <coughs> I went there, and the meeting started at 9 o'clock at night. Of course, it's daylight there, right up to nearly 11 o'clock in the summertime. And once a week, all the farmers come in, you know, and, they, and the only building where you could have a meeting was over the store. If anybody wanted a meeting of any kind, he just took this, meet, this room over the store, quite a nice-sized room. And so at 9 o'clock, as you walked into the, into the room upstairs, you would find a room that would seat about three, 400. All along the wall would be boxes, cartons of food, which the farmers were going to take back to their homes. And we had a good gospel meeting, and on our way back, I stayed with this little Christian family four miles out in the country. And we talked about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I said, uh, I think I better go to bed because I've got three meetings tomorrow. And then they got me up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't want any breakfast. She said, what's the matter? Well, I said, I've got, I've got three meetings, and I don't know what to say to the people. And she said, why, Brother Mitchell, don't you know the Bible? The Bible says the, the Lord will bring all things to your remembrance what I have revealed unto you. I said, that's just the trouble. She said, what? It's got to be there before it can be brought back to remembrance. It's a lesson for me. <clears throat> and I went right back to my Bible and how gracious the Lord was in granting to me the privilege of again ministering the Word of God the next day, in fact, all day long. But you've got to get down into the book and get to know it. But the Lord, I believe, gifts men to teach the Word of God. There are some men who are good pastors but not teachers. There are evangelists, they can evangelize, but they're not teachers. This is the gift of the Spirit of God, the gift of knowledge. And then there is the gift of faith and the gifts of healing, the gifts of miracles, the gifts of prophecy. And we'll take that up in our next lesson. But I want one thing to get to your heart today. God has put you and me in the body of Christ as it has pleased him. And God is sovereign in the bestowal of gifts. And I just pray that the Lord may, in a very wonderful way, make the truth clear to your own heart. Now the Lord bless you today for his name's sake. Tomorrow he comes for me. He comes, he comes, tomorrow he comes for me, he comes, tomorrow he comes for me, come 
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Our teacher has been Dr. John G. Mitchell, and we trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. A program like this is dependent on your comments and your encouragement, so we need to hear from you. And remember to send us your praises and your prayer requests. You may reach us today at the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And again, the address, the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338, The Unchanging Word. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.